you serious? I'm serious. Do you think they won't mind that you're shopping while we're doing the show? <laughs> well, I'm not shopping. Somebody else is shopping. Yeah, but I mean that you're monitoring a, another feed. <laughs> Isn't everybody doing that now? Isn't that the, something different about this? It's like everything that you do is now centered in the home, and so you end up doing more things because you're doing things you've never done from home before, plus you're doing all the things that you used to do at home, which you know kept you pretty busy anyway, and so now that you're doing five or six other things from home, it's like, where did the week go? <laughs> exactly. You know, before you know it, you're saying, it's 9.14 a.m. Saturday, April the 25th, 2020. I'm Bill. Get a breath in there, yeah. Bill. And I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane show. Yeah, it does yeah. seem like, uh, for me, it seems like I've been, like weeks are going by really fast. I know right. other people have said how much their days are dragging, and yeah. maybe it's because I'm teleworking or something, but I feel like I just blink and the week is over. Yeah, I know. It's uh, strange. It's strange when life is more treehouse-centered than it used to be. Yeah. It's all just kind of self-contained. We've got our own little universe, which is, you know, it has its nice points, has its nice aspects. I just want everybody to know that <laughs> what I was talking about is that we actually are having our groceries delivered Some right them, now yeah. from PCC. Because we're, well, I'm being overly cautious, I think. Uh, uh, no, I think we're being appropriately cautious yeah. for people of our age and uh, and health status, myself, uh, being kind of, well, I got that autoimmune thing. Yeah. I don't know if that makes me more susceptible or because of the things that I've done for the last five years to decrease my inflammatory tendencies makes me less susceptible. It's hard to know. It's so we're just to, trying to... Cut down on any unnecessary trips if we can. I think we've left the house between the two of us a total of three times this week, other than to go for walks. Yeah. You know, we each had doctor's appointments, and I go to Trader Joe's, and yeah. But uh, I, uh, so... No, so Our, need I say? I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. It's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine. Yeah, as per you. usual. Yeah, ham and eggs. I don't know that I even well, need to say that. we have a grocery store worker right now who's shopping for us, so I'm going to be monitoring to see if they have any questions. She's monitoring the feed, you know? How many of us have been saying that? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm monitoring the feed right now. <laughs> I never had a feed before. This is really, this whole doing the Facebook Live stuff and stuff like that and watching friends doing Facebook Live, it really gives me uh, an accurate picture of the socioeconomic qualities and vagaries of the internet. Consumer-level internet access is can be awfully fuzzy-looking and get bumped a lot, you know, get dropped, get glitched out, stuff like that. It's, you know, because you can't afford to get the kind of internet that the big guys got. So yeah. it's a it becomes a... Uh, socioeconomic factor. It's been interesting watching all the live feeds and you're kind of like, wow, they got some fancy gear there, man. They must be doing okay, you know, kind of thing. But that's, you know, it is what it is. But I've been seeing, uh, there's so much great music going on. 
there's so many people are, are actually I feel a little overwhelmed by all the it is the music. overwhelming but it's more like okay so you know on any given week, Friday night in Seattle there's probably 60 or 70 different or more there may be hundreds of musical events going on right uh, and everybody's got their neighborhood that they go to or that they they've got their artists that they follow and the 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 part of the music community that they interact with if they do um, and it's something that you've kind of curated your whole life and you've got it we've got it pretty dialed in at this point in our lives but the internet is like moving to a new city that's where true. you have to learn where all the places are and who do you respond to and who do you not respond to and so Everybody's like, you know, doing these virtual uh, search things on on the internet to find their music, if they're looking for music at all, or whatever their kind of alternate uh, small-scale DIY broadcasting that's going on now, or narrowcasting or whatever. It's, uh, well, we definitely have one of our dialed-in musicians that's going to be doing a online concert tomorrow this, tomorrow tomorrow night Kat Eggleston yeah Kat Eggleston is going to be broadcasting from Vashon from the Snapdragon I thought it was from the Snapdragon yeah, I, I think it is from that's at 730 right? uh, I think it's 730 to 830 and I hope it's on her page too but I, it's there's the host site uh, on Facebook is Vashon Live so I think it starts at seven thirty. I think that's. What I'm it's just. At. I'm yeah. just checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because why not? Because why not, Diane? Because we've got the we're power. We're people. We're people. Nobody's in a rush. Seven thirty. You're right. There you go. So hopefully they'll share it to Cat's page, but Vashon Live is that what it said? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can look around. Yeah, and and a lot of people are learning how to work the search on Facebook, which people don't usually do because they're just following a few people or they're going to look at their own site and scrolling the news feed it's not like yeah. people search and stuff like that as much but i think this the times demand if you want your if you want to be able to access the your music or find your way around this new place you know you got to be willing to poke around a little bit and i remember when i first moved to seattle i got lost pretty much every time i went to tried to find an open mic yeah trying to find the open mics around town you'd see them all listed in somewhere and stuff like that and then you'd have your maps, you know, because, you know, it was paper maps and you're trying to oh trying to God, plot your right. route and you, yeah. then you're trying to navigate the streets. I remember trying to find, there was a club on East Lake. Oh, what's the name of that place that I went to? I really liked the open mic there, but I remember the first time, I, it took me, I think, three was tries. East, to East Lake Tavern? East Lake Zoo. Uh, I think they had an open mic, but I'm not sure it was. I think it was a smaller place that was like a... a a block or so further towards downtown on East Lake, but I can't remember what it was called. Anybody remember? <laughs> anyway, and I, I think it took me three different nights. I spent two nights searching and searching, and finally it was an hour into the open mic, and I gave up and went home. Well, I still remember the first time I went to the Antique Sandwich yeah. um, with my brother, I think it was. When we were, I was not driving, but right. I remember it in my mind how I kept thinking, is this right? <laughs> you know, because you were going through the Reston area. I mean, uh, I think we took the Schuster Parkway. Yeah. And and it just seemed like we were getting into more and more remote. Yeah, back in those days, that was a lot more remote. But I always... And especially because you went through that tunnel yeah. and all that. And I was thinking, 
could this possibly be right? <laughs> Is this the way? I... <laughs> Is this some kind of Dante-esque uh, other world we're heading into here? But I use, I knew how to get to Point of Finance Park because I lived in Tacoma my whole life. Right. So if somebody, when Marjorie told me, oh, it's just on the, it's on Pearl, just above Point Defiance Park. Like, you go yeah. like you're going to Point Defiance. And when you get to 52nd, you're there. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting times. What were we talking about? Well. Oh, the environment of the internet as a, as a new town. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting to me how creative people have been. The thing that I saw this morning that I thought was so funny was that, um, I think Sam posted this. Uh, there's a, a place in England where somebody posted by their house, uh, you have now entered the, uh, the area of silly walks. Please commence walking silly as quickly as possible. And then they videoed people walking by their house. It was great. That's great. And people, yeah. it was sort of like people would read the sign and then they'd, they'd uh, actually come back to to do a silly yeah. walk and I just tell, thought probably telling friends about it and stuff. And I yeah, thought, it's, wow. it's great that what people are doing to create community, both virtually and physically, in the world. You know, I've got I go through a couple of signs on my morning walk for you know uh, social distancing happy hours. You know, and, that are just kind of posted in a neighborhood and you know, yeah, so that people can see it. And I think it's kind of cool. Well, and I I feel like. A lot of us are very, very fortunate during this um, versus other eras in history because of what we have available to entertain us, to to allow creativity and also to be in a, a place that's not a prison. Uh, exactly. I mean, you may feel... Like you can't move about, but it isn't. Yeah, it's a lot more of a restricted space than what we're used to. Yeah. But the restriction, uh, you know, I don't know, other than being able to go out and play music and see music and stuff like that, our lives are not hugely different other than the fact that you're working at home. Yeah. And I've worked at home before. Yeah, and you're fun to have around during the day, if you don't mind me saying so. (laughs) Thank you. You too. Well, yeah. I'm trying to put together a piece of furniture right now, so I'm not at my best. <laughs> my fingers are all sore, and I'm, you know, my throat's a little constricted from swearing. Things speaking like that. of furniture, we've got new chairs. Yes, well, our new chairs did come. This is our first show in the new chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we did. We splurged. This was before the, you know, the plague times, and uh, we splurged on some new chairs because, you know, you want to be comfortable. When you're old and you got you got body issues anyway, and you know aches and grunts and pains, and the fact that these chairs, just the fact that it's about two inches higher up, yes, just makes so much difference for me. And it's not about getting in and getting out of it. It's just, just about how you feel when you're sitting down. Yeah, because, I feel like my posture is better in these chairs. Right, it's so. automatic, and it's only because this chair is high enough to where you're the relationship to where your hips are sitting and to where your knees are is it the right thing so that you're not carrying too much weight on your thighs and stuff like that for me that with my bursitis it makes all the difference in the world so very happy with the new chair who cares about your chair but my chair is (laughs) great our chairs are different yeah they are different so what were you going to say 
And we had the excitement of your show this last week. Boy, I'll tell you, that's a, that is a, uh, a uh, completely new environment. It's kind of like the living in the new city thing. Yeah. Going to a new place for the first time to perform. Uh, and, you know, you don't, it's kind of a place that's got a reputation, you know. It's like, it's not just a coffee shop or something that happens to have music. It's someplace that you've heard about. Have you ever played up it? You know, what's your snooty? And you know, you're kind of like, oh, well, I don't know. That might be a little out of my league, you know. And, uh, you know, like the backstage was back in the day or something <laughs> like that. You'd get a gig at the backstage, and I had a total of, I think, mm -hmm. five in my entire career. So, uh, but it was always a very special event, and you there was an extra level of anticipatory nerves or, or just adrenaline or whatever. And doing the Internet is definitely like that. It's somewhere between playing in a club like that and doing live radio. Because live radio, uh, there's aspects of Facebook Live that are like doing live radio. Well, I think that's why you're good at it, because I, you've done live I radio for no so I have no sense long. of being good at it. I mean, I practice the songs up, so I feel like I'm doing a decent job on the songs. No, I, I mean, the rest just, of it is just communicating kind of like, to the audience, I think that you've got that you are good at that you know whether i'm doing but, it initially or watching it in a replay it never seems that good to me oh, <laughs> it okay. always seems like i'm just casting around for anything to say or whatever and but i mean i like i like the I thing the about the jp patches that yeah. you did <laughs> yeah it is kind of like that though and i you know i like the fact my buddy tim was was uh, he's always good for a critique of, of whatever I'm doing. And he thought it was absolutely stellar. He said he should talk more. He said that people like it when you tell the stories behind the songs. Don't worry about the that fact is that always, some, some people have heard the story before. But That's always been true yeah. when you're at the concerts. Always. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because that night um, I didn't know what to expect. And yeah. we had just done the other concerts where you were actually able to read the well, when you're doing the Zoom text. and you've got two performers and you're using the split screen thing, then I, when, when the other performer is playing, I could look at the text that right. you had been sending me from the comments and stuff like that. So without but, the other performer, you don't get those little breaks. That's right. And I always was self-conscious about doing something else while my friend was playing music too. So yeah. uh, it was always a little weird, but since there was no breaks for other people to play, right. your role kind of got tweaked in a way that... None, neither of us had really anticipated what yeah. it would be like, you know. But I think it turned out okay. It reminded me of of when we were going to have the concert down at the antique, and for yours, your and Kat's uh, CD release, CD release, yeah. and that Alice was. Uh, before the show, she said, I don't know, why am I so nervous? And I was saying, oh, because you're afraid no one will come or too many people will come and things won't go well. And, you know, I, it was one of those experiences where I was just like, oh, my God, what's happening? Right. And so ultimate, so the times before we go live are the worst because I know that once we're on, then there's nothing I can do about it. Well, Any of those other things are just kind you've of You've like, always eh. been kind of nervous before shows before, but we were always going somewhere, so you had something to do yeah. to keep your mind occupied, and you had to right. set up your gear and all that. It's Oof. interesting times. And it's, and it's uh, I keep reminding myself what a luxury it is to even be able to do these things, or even, you know, watch other people do these things. Or yeah, like that. it's very much a luxury. Yeah. 
So we thought this week for music. We and both in the and in the coming weeks ahead. In the coming weeks ahead, yeah. We both did the recent thing on Facebook where you post ten influential albums uh, from your life that have either that you just absolutely love or have influenced you in some way. And we thought that we would uh, feature some songs from some of those albums, which I think is a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? Well, I just feel like... Diane thought of that. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times when we're putting up, like when I was posting my most... I mean, there isn't any way that you can limit it to 10. Yeah. But, for example, Jim is Jim Page is doing it now, and he put up one of my influential albums, which was... Peter and the Wolf. Peter and the Wolf, yeah. I was just like, and the, it's so fascinating that some of the things that you're thinking were just from your own childhood, like My Fair Lady for me. Right. Um, I was amazed at how many people were like going, oh, yes, yeah, I, I love should have put, I should have posted the soundtrack to The Music Man because that, yeah. that was huge in my childhood. Exactly. I used to be able to perform several of the of the tunes. It's like, it's like hip-hop music. Well, and Some especially for me, we didn't have the soundtrack for Music Man. I wish we had. I would have loved that. But we had a lot of soundtracks in our lives. We had Sound of Music. We had Camelot. I think we just had but, Music Man and Sound of Music. Um, I could be wrong. But My Fair Lady was the one that clued into me, you know. And I think it was just when I look at it retrospectively, I, I feel like it had so many interesting ideas that feed a young mind, gender roles and um, the difference between why somebody who sounds a certain way would be seen as impoverished versus a mm-hmm. kind of speaking. Yeah, based on and the way they talk, yeah. I, I just was fascinated by the ideas in that. But yeah. anyway... Yeah. Um, as I was posting up the albums, I was thinking about different ones that really hit me from childhood. And, for example, I had um, Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Time because that was a, a huge breakthrough in our listening to anything but uh, classical and and musicals. And, you know, we were records just Records that your folks had. Yeah, re- records that our folks had. Yeah, and yeah. so... It's interesting because for me, I had sort of a a plot point between each of the albums. And so I was thinking we should just talk about why we had those plot points. And I'll, for example, explain more about Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Time later. When we get to that. Right. So this week, I glommed on to the the first pick because I'm like that. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. (laughs) When I'm given a good idea, I will... Boy, seize it. To, That's good coffee. And run with it, and rest it from whoever happened to come up with it. <laughs> because that is my nature. So I wanted to, and because we've never, we've never, uh, we've never featured Harry Chapin before, have we? I think we did once. Did we? Yeah, well, I think I we did once. Well, I probably played both of the songs I'm going to play today. Yeah. But I, I remember uh, the first Harry Chapin album I got was Greatest Stories Live which was a double album of a live performance by Harry Chapin. And I, after that, I went and got a couple of his studio albums, and I didn't like them as well at all. You know, his studio albums, the ones that you'd hear on the radio. Yeah. I did not like those after I'd heard the live album. And this was borne out to me late, a few years later when I was at Whitworth in Spokane. I got a chance to see Harry Chapin twice in two years. 
and both times it was just him and his guitar. The first time was at Whitworth College. He played in the little Coles Auditorium at Whitworth, and it was probably one of the most unforgettable nights of my life. Wow. And I just, because he was so engaged. And, and this group Did of... Did he tell a lot of stories Oh, yeah, too? that was the whole thing. I mean, everybody was aware of Taxi, and a lot of people, I don't know that, I think it's, I guess Cats in the Cradle was probably around by then, uh, but I had heard W-O-L-D, and I had heard Mr. Tanner, and uh, those are the two I want to play today. And uh, the, hearing the stories was the key. And it was the first time I saw somebody who was not just playing songs. He was giving you his life. He was giving you all the source material that you had been curious about. If you had yeah. questions, he was answering them kind of thing. And I saw him the next year at the Spokane Opera House, which I think is about a 3,000-seat theater or something like that. It's a lot bigger than the Coles Auditorium. The Coles Auditorium was maybe 800 tops, maybe, maybe less. It could have been much less. I don't know. But he just had that audience completely enwrapped for, you know, two hours, you know. And just, I mean, there was, you could have heard, every, you heard every sneeze. You heard every throat clear. You heard everything because he just had... And he was, you know, at the opera house, he was like maybe two inches tall from where I was sitting. Yeah. You know, at the Coles Auditorium, he was much closer. But he just n knew how to put himself across. And that just had an amazing impact on me. And I've always striven to put on that kind of performance, given the opportunity to. You know? Well, you know, I, I think that it was sort of unfortunate that they glommed on to one particular song, Cat's Cradle, and just overplayed it. Cat's in the Cradle, yeah. I feel like the radio just drummed that for I, a long time. I agree, but that was, you know, that I was... I wish that they had... That was after Taxi. That was right. after W-O-L-D and Mr. Tanner and those kind of songs. It was kind of his last big hit before yeah. he died. And I think he died like the same year that I saw him the second time because I remember... It was very, sh it wasn't, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like it was within six months of when I had last seen him that he died. So, for your musical enjoyment, uh, let's dip back into uh, the past for the little Harry Chapin. But anyway, this is a, this is a song I could have written without, without John. It's, uh, it's about a, a singer from uh, Dayton, Ohio, whose name is Mr. Tanner. And I'm, I'm sure someday John is going to be knighted for his method acting performance. Sir John Wallace. I love it. Mr. Tanner was a cleaner from a town in the Midwest. And of all the cleaning shops around, he'd made his the best. But he also was a baritone who sang while hanging clothes. He practiced scales while pressing tails and sang at local shows. His friends and neighbors praised the voice that poured out from his throat. They said that he should use his gift instead of cleaning coats. was his life, it was not his livelihood, and it made him feel so happy, and it made him feel so good, and he sang for 
from his heart And he sang from his soul He did not know how well he sang It just made him whole His friends kept working on him To try music out full time A big debut and rave reviews A great career to climb Finally they got to him He would take the fling A concert agent in New York Agreed to have him sing And there were plane tickets, phone calls Money spent to rent the hall It took most of his savings But he gladly used them all But music was his life It was not his livelihood It made him feel so happy And it made him feel so good And he sang from his heart And he sang from his soul He did not know how well he sang It just made him whole The evening came, he took the stage His face set in a smile And in the half-filled hall the critics sat Watching on the aisle But the concert was a blur to him Spatters of applause He did not know how well he sang He only heard the applause But the critics were concise It only took four lines But no one could accuse them Of being overkind Mr. Martin Tanner, baritone of Dayton, Ohio Made his town hall debut last night He came well prepared, but unfortunately, his presentation was not up to contemporary professional standards. His voice lacks the range of total color necessary to make it consistently interesting. Full-time consideration of another endeavor might be in order. came home to Dayton and was questioned by his friends and he smiled and just said nothing and he never sang again excepting very late at night when the shop was dark and closed he sang softly to himself as he sorted through the clothes Music was his life, it was not his livelihood, and it made him feel so happy, it made him Big John Wallace. 
I have uh, trouble getting my songs on the radio because they're too long, but this is a song that snuck on, for, on the charts for about 15 minutes. Hello, honey, it's me. What did you think when you heard me back on the radio? What did the kids say when they knew it was their long-lost daddy? Oh, remember how we listened to the radio? And I said, that's the place to be. And how I got the job as an FM job the day you married me. It was two kids and I was into AM rock, but I just had to run around. It's been eight years since I left you, babe. Let me tell you about what's gone down. I am the morning DJ at W-O-L-D. Playing all the hits for you, wherever you may be. The bright good morning voice who's heard my Don't have to worry, I'm such a happy man. Who 